Greetings as I come to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Know even in the midst of these difficult times, he's still Lord, Lord over all and to all who profess his name and believe in their hearts that he is the Christ. We here at AAJ are continuing to pray that all are staying safe as the country begins to open back up. Today, if you don't mind, we'd like to take a few minutes to speak to you from the thought of worthless versus worthy. Which God do you serve? And our main scripture can be found in Psalms 115, 1 through 15, and it reads as follows. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. But their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths, but cannot speak. Eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear. Noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but cannot feel. Feet, but cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. That's Psalms 115, 1 through 8. Let the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his wonderful word. In the text, we see the psalmist speaking of two types of gods, one with a capital G and the others that I categorize are with a small g. One, our God, my God, who was perched in heaven with all power, wisdom and knowledge, worthy to be praised, honor and given all the glory. Whereas the others we find perched on shelves of people's homes, in shrines, parked in people's garages, or in their beds, in the forms of statues, cars, houses, as well as people. Do you know there are so many things that people put their trust in? They worship, honor, praise, glorify, and see and treat as their God's small g. And unfortunately, it's not relegated to a small segment of our population. There are many people that are worshiping, trusting, honoring, praising, and glorifying gods with small g that they're not aware or they don't know that they're doing it. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some that are intentionally doing it or have purposely chosen to do so. In our text, the psalmist has clearly identified our God who art in heaven and other gods that aren't. In the main text, the psalmist says this in scripture, but their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. That's Psalms 115, 4 through 8. If you don't mind, let's look at some additional scriptures. Scripture says this, Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. Psalms 20 and 7. Others trust in prince and mortal man. That's Psalms 146. While others, as scripture says, their idols of silver and gold and the works of man's hands. That's Psalms 115 and 4. Even more trust in gold and silver, wood carvings and bronze, iron, stones, and the works. And I cannot fail to mention 
the ones that solely trust in their money, which is said the love of it is the root of all evil. Allow me to clarify, money itself is not evil. It's the love of it that brings about the evil. Because scripture says to some, reminds others and informs the ill-informed. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's Matthew 6 and 21. And it's with that sentiment, it leads some to worshiping and idolizing those treasures that they hold in their hearts. As we see in our politicians today, these elected officials idolizing and worshiping power, which correlates to money for them over morals and values, what's right, fair, lawful, and reasonable. Because it is the very thing you treasure that holds you and your heart. Let's call it what it is. It's idolatry. In the Bible, there are approximately 41 plus scriptures that speak about idol worshiping or idolatry, as well as verses that tell you how God feels about it, the causes of it, consequences from it, and the punishment that is dished out because of it, as well as the curses brought about due to it. It is definitely serious business as it pertains to idol worshiping or idolatry in the eyes of God. I'm a jealous God. In essence, saying to you and me, don't worship any other God, small g, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Exodus 34 and 14. In that scripture, God makes it plain and simple enough for us all to understand how he feels about idolatry. But if that's not enough, listen to this. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God punishing the children for the sins of the parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. That's Exodus 25 and 6. God takes idol worshiping and idolatry seriously. How seriously does he take it, some may ask? I'm glad that they ask. And I say very seriously. He says in Exodus 20, Punishing the children for the sins of the parents, idol worshiping or bowing down to other gods, to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. So God sees you bowing down or worshiping other gods, small g, or worthless gods, as hating him. That's heavy and worth taking a minute to think about. But that's not all. He also says this. Cursed is the man who makes an idol or a molten image, an abomination to the Lord. That's Deuteronomy 27 and 15. So curses and punishments are dished out by the Lord for idol worshiping or worshiping worthless gods. Please understand, whether it's a man or a woman, a car or your gold chains, silver coins, money, things made at the hands of man, a platinum or black credit card, things made out of wood, your home, or metal, aluminum, or steel, cars, boats, and planes. They all fall under the same moniker. Worthless gods, materialistic gods, or idols if you choose to worship them. Remember, he says nothing above him. Scripture says nothing under the sun. So nothing competing with him, nothing other than him, that one needs to worship, praise, or follow other than him. And know anything you love more or place in order before or above him is not tolerated by him. 
children included. He is a jealous God and punishment shall be wielded. Allow me to bring this to your attention. I hear people often say, I love my children to death. When was the last time or even the first time that many of these same people said or have you heard them say, I love God to death, love them to death, idolatry, nothing in front or above him. In the text, the question is raised to God's people. Where is their God? The answer to their question is plain and simple. It's clear. Our God is in heaven and he does whatever he pleases. And we know who he is. We serve a living, breathing, active God whose actions, behavior, and deeds can be seen daily by all who have eyes to see and ears to hear as he moves in the lives of his people and on behalf of his people daily. You know, it amazes me sometimes when people who call themselves non-believers, atheists, higher power believers who don't believe in our God, just as in the text, the nations are asking, where's your God? I know even today, People are asking the same question, where is our God when things occur? My question back, or a better question is, where's their God? For the answer to my question, all we have to do is look into scripture. Psalms 115, 4 through 8 says this about who their gods are. And it reads as follows. But their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak eyes but cannot see they have ears but cannot hear noses but cannot smell they have hands but cannot feel feet but cannot walk nor can they utter a sound with their throats as we see there's a distinction between our living god and their stationary and statuous gods one o-n-e capitalized who art in heaven doesn't need a man because he is not carved nor has he been created by man, but actually made man from dust. If we look back in scripture, verse four says, but their gods are made of silver and gold and made by the hands of man. Can you remember when the Israelites left Egypt and Moses had gone up to Mount Sinai to receive the 10 commandments? And when he came back down, the Israelites had melted all the gold and Aaron had helped them make a calf of gold. That's an exodus. If you recall, while in Egypt, all they had seen around them were statues that Pharaoh had built throughout Egypt, now freed by the one and only most powerful God. Upon freedom, they went back to what they knew and had seen previously. I say, be mindful of what you do upon your freedom from what held you captive, only to emulate and make things that remind you of what you saw while held in captivity. Do not live in or for what God has rescued you from and brought you out of, a person, place, or thing. In the text, God's carved from hands of man with silver and gold. Verse 5 through 7 says, They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats worthless gods that people worship you have to move them they can't move you you have to carry them they cannot carry you through any situations you have to uplift them they cannot uplift you when you're down you have to clean them up they don't have the power to help 
or clean you up. You can only speak for them. They aren't capable of speaking to you or for you. You have to provide for them. They can't provide a thing for you. I ask that you ponder those thoughts for a minute. And while you're pondering those thoughts, I'm going to stop right here. And we'll pick up part two the next time we're together. So until then, be blessed. So I'm back, you're back, we're back, so let's dive right back into the message. Worthless gods that people worship. You have to move them, they can't move you. You have to carry them, they cannot carry you through any situations. You have to uplift them, they cannot uplift you when you're down. You have to clean them up. They don't have the power to help or clean you up. You can only speak for them. They aren't capable of speaking to you or for you. You have to provide for them. They can't provide a thing for you. But when I speak of my God, the opposite applies. He can and will provide all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4 19. Quite the contrary again. You have to provide for them. They can't provide for you. Worthless, but people worship them. Verse 8 says, Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. Again, if they have been deemed worthless, what is he saying in calling those who make them? Trust in them, pray to them, follow them, and believe in them. Simply, he says, you are worthless as they are in the eyes of God. Because remember, he's a jealous God who punishes as well as despises. Deuteronomy 27, 15 says, cursed is the man who makes an idol or molten image an abomination to the Lord. Cursed by God, an abomination to God. Idolatry is serious in the eyes of God. I say as scripture says in Daniel 5 and 4, they drank the wine and praised the God's lowercase of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. I reiterate, don't drink the Kool-Aid, the beer, the wine, or liquor of idolatry, of any image, statue, or man, you might believe in or be following. Placing your trust, belief, following, believing in a cult, worshiping, or a sycophant. God is a jealous God, and he sees the ones who do this as worthless and worthy to be cursed, even their kids down to the thousands generation. That can be found in Exodus 20. I'm speaking of unworthy and worthless gods. And as I bring this section to an end, as it pertains to idolatry, worshiping, blind loyalty, cult-like followings, or believing in a man to a point that you see this person as a God or God-like figure in your fellowship. Do you know what that is called, people? That's called idolatry or idol worshiping. Remember what God says about you following men like this. First, they will let you down every time. Plus, thou shalt have no other God before me, God speaking. One of the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5 and 16. And please allow me to say this. In today's culture, in today's society, we have heard about their gods, higher powers, positive energy, etc. These gods they speak of are worthless. And I ask, don't be fooled. That's why it's important to understand who you hang out with does affect you. Because 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Don't be fooled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses. 
and with all the nonsense that's going on today, the idol worshiping, the idol worshiping of men, of cars, homes, higher power, positive energy, these gods they speak of are worthless. We've read in the text what the word says about these worthless gods who cannot do anything for you, not as much as utter a sound from their throats. Who chooses that type of God, lowercase g-o-d? Understand this key point and this key fact. There's only one true living God. That's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. As Christians and followers of Christ, that's what we believe. In the text, the question was asked, where is their God? Speaking of our God in heaven, let's answer their questions. Because up to now, we've heard about worthless gods. Can I take a minute of your time to speak to you about a worthy God? What is a worthy God? Many may ask, and I'm glad they have. So allow me to share what a worthy God is with you. A worthy God is a God that's worthy to be praised. A God who holds the universe in his hands, whose mind conceived the world, and his very hands created mankind whose very voice halts all storms and sees and hears all that is done in our very lives and who sent his only begotten son to save mankind and tear the veil between us and him who would trade or serve an all-knowing God for a statue on a shelf. Allow me to continue to talk about our worthy God. How many of us have called out to him in the middle of the night while in the midst of a crisis? heart in despair, mind racing, and no peace in your spirit. To find out in the morning that he hears you, brings you peace, and answers your very prayer, as only he can and could. And remember, he's a present help in the time of trouble. He is the one that can take despair and turn it into celebration around the nation in one night. That's our worthy God. Allow me to close with this. Scripture says, beginning at verse 9 of Psalms 115, All you Israelites, trust in the Lord as he is their help and shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless his people, Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's Psalms 115, verses 9 through 15. The God of all help in the time of need and present danger or trouble. The God who is a shield from all that ails and troubles you. Who helps us in our time of need and shields us from trouble. Even when... We bring it upon ourselves. Scripture says, if we trust and fear him, fear meaning reverence to him and not being afraid of him, that he will bless us small and great alike because nothing is too big or small for the Lord. Providing food for the birds to eat or removing evil from ruling powers and replacing it with a humble servant. Nothing is impossible for our God. Unlike the worthless gods many worship, our God can cause you and your children to flourish at the sound of his voice or command from his lips.
Life can change for you all at his doing. How many of you have had God overnight change a situation, change a circumstance, bring about victory from the jaws of defeat? He removes the danger and unfit. He turns red crying eyes to clear ones, clear ones capable of seeing bright blue skies in a new day. He turns wailing into singing sorrow into smiling and heavy hearts and depressed spirits to hearts of gladness and spirits of joy all in one night, sometimes even three nights. But in the end, won't he do it? Can he do it? Didn't he do it for the world to see and celebrate? Lastly, Scripture says in verse 15, may you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, a worthy God who made heaven, earth and created you and me worthy to be praised, glorified and honored as opposed to bestowing that on a worthless God, worthless things and worthless men. Save praises, honor and glory for the one capital O-N-E who deserves it. God, the father of Jesus the Christ and the sender of the Holy Spirit to his people. That's the one and only true God that deserves our praise, our worship and our honor. And if we look into the text, scripture says this as a warning to those who want to idolize worthless gods and men, you shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. It's Exodus 20, 4 through 6. In the text, God speaks of punishment and curses coming to those who worship idol gods and not only to them, but to generations of their father's sin to come. So please remember punishment and curses come to those who worship idol gods in the forms of statues, gold, silver, or man. I leave you with this question that you must ask yourself, which flag are you going to fly? What banner are you going to hold up? What God are you going to serve? That of gold, silver, wood, statue, idols, or man? Or that of the one and only true living God? The choice is yours. Worthy or worthless, what God are you going to serve? We pray that you will fear or reverence the Lord so he can be your help, shield, source, source of trust, peace, and blessings for you and your children, big and small alike. Trust him and he will do what he says he will do. I cried out to the Lord and he heard my cry and rescued me from all my troubles. He is worthy to be praised. All Israelites trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. House of Aaron trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear him trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. I speak to you right now. Trust God. He is your help and your shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless his people, Israel. He will bless you. He will bless the house of Aaron. Add your name in there. He will bless the house of Mike. He will bless the house of Lisa. He will bless the house of Veronica. He will bless the house of Cora. He will bless the house. Add your name. He will bless those who fear the Lord. 
small and great alike. In closing, that only leaves one question. What God will you serve? A worthy one or will you serve a worthless one? The choice is yours. I'll leave you with this. May the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, who is a worthy God, worthy to be served, praised, honored, and glorified. Amen. As always, we hope you enjoyed today's message. We welcome your feedback. And if you were blessed by the message, please feel free to pass our podcast information on to both friends and family. We pray that you have an awesomely blessed day, and we thank you again for allowing us to share a word of God with you. To God be the glory. Amen. AAJ Pod, where the passion for Christ meets the purpose of Christ.